social worker, educator, therapist, author, founder of Resilient Young Minds, Inc. I'm passionate about serving and developing at-risk youth into resilient ones while coaching adults through their healing. This podcast is my way of honoring youth and adults who have overcome their trauma while still inspiring others. I am the ultimate social worker, and this is the Our Stories Podcast, where your resilient story matters. Take away the pain, take away the hate, take away the damage, and feel your ultimate social worker and you already know I'm still excited I'm even more excited because I got a new guest um, that I had the pleasure to meet when I got to go on a trip to Hollywood um, this October and participate in the preview model showcase Um, it was such a positive experience I got to miss um, meet a few amazing women there, including my guest for today. So I won't say anything more. I'm going to have her come out and introduce herself. Let's give a round of applause for Miss Diamond King. Thank you, love. Thank you. How are you doing? Hey, um, Diamond. I'm Diamond King. Nice to meet you. How you feeling? Feeling good today productive today was a productive day awesome so tell us a little bit about yourself tell us where you're from what you do and what made you want to speak on our stories today i'm from dallas texas i work at texas instrument in the chemistry department um that's the nine to five work life outside of the nine to five work life I write, I'm an author, poet, a mom, mostly all the artistic things. <laughs> um, stay home with me, my son, and my husband, and just trying to make some moves, make things happen, following my purpose and goals and planning. I love that. What made you want to speak on our stories? Well, what made me want to speak on our stories, like you said, we had the pleasure of meeting each other during the Hollywood preview models. Um, I spoke with you about me having alopecia. And I think like when we was talking and going into conversation and the way I fell out in about it, um, you came to me and told me what you do. And like the way you kind of like came off and just like click to where it was like, 
I can um, explain this to you and talk to you about what I've been through because it was a journey for me and kind of um, a big stepping stone for me and to where I'm able to like comfortably talk about it and being able to tell you about that. Like the excitement I get about it is because I've been able to embrace myself, talk to others about it, um, meeting people who actually been through it, but kept it hidden and me using it as like a creative tool and just being myself and rocking something that not too many people talk about. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. First and foremost, I didn't even know half the things you just said about me. <laughs> just a, something in my spirit just had me walk over to you. I was just like, mm-hmm. this woman looks so gorgeous. I got to tell her how much I love her hair. And um, I didn't even think about um, what that would lead or, or what that would mean. But um, just yeah, you had that energy. <laughs> you had that energy. Yeah, following that will of God. But you you mm-hmm. married, you're an author. I'm an author too, so we have that in common. Yes, yeah, um, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know you were married. You have a child. You said so many things. I was like, oh, wow, dang, yeah. you grown. That's a grown Because <laughs> you look real good. You look young. <laughs> Thank you. I'm 32. Okay, we the same age, so we got the same, we sip the same juice then. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, we forever young. <laughs> right, right. All right, so let's get into the conversation and the reason why you care to use your voice and share your story. So this season, we are focusing on the social traumas in our lives or traumas that we've experienced that impacted us in a social way. So Diamond, please. Um, I would love to hear your social trauma story. Hey, love. So for me, um, mine was having alopecia and being able to actually accept it and share it with everybody. Um, I would say I've been had it since I was born, but it didn't really show until like maybe 12 like my mom used to comb my hair. She was able to like do the styles that could cover up. I always had hair on top of my head, but the size was more very thin. Like for me, example, I would give is like the chili bowl like that and just very thin, but she was able to manage it. And it got to a point where I had to kind of like start doing my own hair. And it was kind of difficult because you know, I will see these hairstyles I want and I couldn't get, you know, braids, micros. Mm-hmm. And I always had these ideas, but couldn't really do much with it because of my my size. Mm-hmm. So when I got about 15, I started trying to do these like swoops and drawstring ponytails. And, and you know, we're getting up, we're, we're teenagers now in middle school, high school, whatever. And you know, it's, for me, it was different and it was kind of hard to hide. You know, I tried to wear um, hairspray, like um, Dr. Miracles or the color spray, try to color in my my size. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always able to be creative with it, but it was still something that really like brought me down all the time. You know, trying to comb my hair, getting upset, throwing my brush at the mirror, frustrated, not wanting to go to school. And um, 
I really I dealt with that. Like I got bullied about it sometimes, and I dealt with that all throughout my life. And it was something I couldn't really be confident about when you know, um, when you have even your close loved ones, you know, making fun of you, names about it. Mm. So it's it's tough, and I have my ways of dealing with it. But um, when I got old enough, graduated high school, um, my big thing is fashion. So my, I kind of put my hair in with that, too, because, like, I love wigs. Like, mm-hmm. I plan on one day owning a whole closet full of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love to, to wear wigs a lot. And then being able to, like, kind of covering my alopecia, that was, like, my, my costume for me. Mm. And so... When I got about 27, I said I was going to cut my hair around my 30s. But uh, one day I just felt like doing something different. And I just went in there, cut my hair, dyed it blonde, and kind of like played around with it. Mm -hmm. And I shocked myself and surprised myself because um, this hairstyle is like more than just like a style like there's something that I had to like really try to be comfortable with, be okay with, um, mm-hmm. be outside, safe to just be out there actually me. Mm-hmm. And not like I'm myself when I'm wearing the wigs too, but it's just it's a different feeling when you're wearing your hair, your natural hair. Well, slow down for a second. I have mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. Okay. So um, thank you for that, because you actually started answering some of my questions as you kept going. Um, just to be clear, for anyone that's listening that may not know, what exactly is alopecia? So um, alopecia, I know, is, is a hair disease. Um, for me, it's it's her- hereditary. It runs through our family, mostly all the females. Um some people have it in different ways. Um, I've heard there are some people who deal with like patches. I would say I have patches, but like all the way around, like, I don't know if you can see now, but the the hair here, it comes from, come up top and I do, it grows and it come, it grows and it goes away. And so sometimes I'm able to like play around with it. I try to like do weird designs, finger waves or something. Mm-hmm um so it it falls out because you said it grows and then it goes away mm -hmm. yeah yeah you'll fall out shed um for me I deal with I don't shed but I know when I can like one week wake up and really and I pull like my sides and it's like "Mm," short and then I have another week where it's like okay my hair going and sometimes you can tell with how I design on my sides Mm -hmm. and um I know most men, they have it too. They start, you know, balding at the top. Um, it's hard to, like, keep a, a certain style or a fade. Yeah. Uh, my mom has it, but it's, like, just missing hair here thin. And there's two influencers that I follow. I believe they're, I think they were 12 when I started following them. But it was, like, seeing them at that age, and like me and as adult, like I dealt with that. They were like out here, proud, confident. And to see that, I was I wish I could have been able to be in that type of spirit when I was young at that age, going through that. I literally hid that for a long time to where 
I was telling people that I cut my hair like that because mm -hmm. I thought people would, you know, have certain thoughts about it. One person said something to me that really hurt, and that's that made me really want to do something about it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, some type of rocket somehow, but I was told that I looked at like a um, a St. Jude's cancer patient. Wow. And that was, that hit deep though. And then this person was supposed to be close to me, you know, a good friend. And and I'm like, I'm sitting here saying I cut my hair and all this and then hearing that. And it's like, like, I know what this is, but it's like, I wasn't comfortable talking about that yet. Yeah. But to say something like that, make fun of it. And it's like, this is me. And I just felt like I was gonna have to do something soon. And yeah, that's so insensitive. I, yeah. I, it makes me think about the part, the next question I was gonna ask you when you had mentioned about even family or people close to you um, saying yeah. things that make you feel uncomfortable. And it made me think about like my, me and my family and mm -hmm. my body, like my weight fluctuates. Um, but I was always like generally a skinny person. So usually mm -hmm. um, I'm getting made fun of by my family about me being too skinny. Then those moments too, girl. <laughs> you know, then COVID took place and I gained a good amount mm -hmm. of weight, right? Then yeah. it's, oh my God, you getting so fat. Oh, you need to stop eating. You needed this, you needed that. Yeah. Then I went through a phase where like I was really stressed out at work. I was just going through a lot and I lost um 50 pounds significantly. Mm -hmm. um, that's right before I started getting into modeling. I got into mm -hmm. modeling because I wanted to love my body again. Yeah. Like, I just I was not and and everybody at work, when I tell you like every day, people were just like, Oh my god, you're losing so much weight. Are you sick? Are you okay? Oh, I hate What's to hear wrong that. with you? Oh, you need yeah. to. Eat. You need to eat. Oh, you want me to buy you something to eat? It was just like. Yeah, I've been there. I hear it all the time, but it's like you're not in this though. Like there's times where people feel like, you know, they they gonna always say something. Is it good or bad? They're gonna have something to say. But us being small, you have people. Oh, I want to be skinny. For me being thin it hurts because like me I, I go through stuff yeah. and you don't know what that person's going through you don't know why their weight is doing this or that I had a phase where um I dealt with um I have a variant cyst you know that you can look pregnant and then you know weight goes up and down it's like you never know what somebody's going through and people joke about it and laugh about it or whatever but at the end of the day like they don't they don't know <laughs> yeah right so can you tell me a little bit about the bullying the last guest I had last episode he talked about bullying <clears throat> as well mm -hmm. coming up and I would love to hear a female's experience about bullying especially someone that's the same age as me because I know that bullying in in school during our time it's different. It's than, different. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so could be like, like, you know, yeah. So give us some examples or one example of an experience of bullying that you had um due to your whether it was someone due to your alopecia. Really? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about right now. So most of the time I got bullied for, like I said, I used to try to come up with hairstyles 
so I could kind of like blend in. Um, there was a time where I tried to, let me see what grade, I think I was a junior, and I was trying to do a swoop hairstyle with like quick weave, like uh, my mom was trying to help me and it was like putting it on the side to kind of like cover up the spots. Mm -hmm. You know, it was actually a cute style, but it was different. And I went to school that day and literally as soon as I walked in, I got talked about, you know, you can still see the bald spots, ain't nothing hiding. Um, uh, just just the, the hairstyle just wasn't, I guess, it for them. And um, just trying to get comfortable with myself and play around with a style. I couldn't even, I couldn't really be myself. So it upset me emotionally to where I ended up calling my mom, having her come pick me up from school. Wow. And um, crazy thing about it, when I went back to school, every female had this same hairstyle, different color. And it's like, I guess I just wasn't wearing it right or something. But to see that, it's like, y'all do people like this and then turn around and Happy. you have that. And, you know, there was times where, um, like I say, close family, like my cousins, I know you have cousins, your brothers and sisters, you know, they play a sibling thing or whatever. But like for me, like my, my hair is like for me, my biggest flaw. So I get really emotional about it, especially during them times. And, you know, I would get made fun of and um, get told that the chlorines eat in my hair, you know, the, the bald headed scattywag. <laughs> all that like is see I, I grew up with with boys too so mm -hmm. somebody I was able to handle but you know there's times where I had my emotional days yeah and it's like you know being picked on about my hair um is it made me look at myself like you know, not pretty. Um, like I say, I cut my hair at 27. You know, growing up, you have people, you know, you cute, pretty, getting older, and you know, you still getting the good compliments and things, but it's like I always got the compliments, but never could accept it. I I always say something like, um, oh well, this, oh, but that, not never just a thank you. I can do it now because I, you know, I took that confidence and grew into, you know, being okay with having alopecia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now can't get bullied about it now. Like it's it's me. I, I feel like I read really good, really well. And nowadays, you know, being around a lot of other creative people and like most everybody speak, it's like now people are speaking, you know, speaking and dressing through their flaws. Mm -hmm. And um, like not having confidence. I feel like my confidence came in from 27. I'm 32 now, so it like really still kind of fresh, but I'm able to handle it differently now. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Can we just take a real moment, a real Black girl moment? Because I think we're saying it, but not saying it. It is such a personal thing, our hair as Black women. It really is. Like, it's, it, it's a real thing, that struggle that we have 
with being comfortable with our natural hair mm -hmm. after you know the history of being oppressed and feeling like you have to hot comb your hair or straighten your hair mm -hmm. or, um just the 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 experience of a black girl in her hair the relationship that she has with her hair is yeah we we fight we argue <laughs> and it's because it, it has it plays a big part in our self-esteem let's call it what it is like if your hair not looking good like you're not having you, a, you ain't hair, right it's it ain't nothing down. right <laughs> nothing's going well know. for you that day you can't mm -hmm. go up um, so it's like I can only imagine and I, I actually I can let me tell you I had a moment and I was like wait could that could have that have happened to me but it was my mom chemically damaged my hair mm -hmm. uh, when I was in the second grade so mm -hmm. I had very thick 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 hair yeah um coarse that's the word coarse natural mm -hmm. hair and my mom kind of got frustrated with it. She tried to hot comb it. It was still too poofy. Yeah. So she decided she was going to relax it. The first relaxer went well. I was, it was like down here. Mm -hmm. I was looking lovely. Yeah. yeah. It gives it gives that look and that, it that look right. Yeah. But then it was like a couple weeks later, and that new growth was real. Mm -hmm. And she thought, I guess now that I'm older, I should have been one of those kids that get a perm like once a year or something like that. But either way, she 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 decided she was gonna perm it again, but she changed the type of relaxer uh -huh. she used the first time. Can I tell you, I had my nice old long hair and a bun. My all my edges were gone. No, you could just put your hand in my hair, and it was just full. Mm -hmm. of and that's why I was laughing when you said bald-headed scallywag. I was like, yeah. yo, that's definitely what them little girls was calling. Yeah, that was that. was that. Like, yeah, you got a weed. That's why your hair is fake. And it was just like, yo. And I just remember being, and then and to make matters worse, what my mom went and did, someone said like, oh, you just have to cut it because it's damaged. And instead mm -hmm. of, you would think she would have learned her lesson to go to the salon, to let mm -hmm. me get your cut, whatever. No, this woman took the house scissors. <laughs> it cut it herself. It cut my hair herself, yeah. And it, it struggled to grow back ever since. Mm -hmm. Now, my hair never packed, grew past my shoulders ever since. Yeah. Them chemicals, man. And like, and look now, these, these ingredients are what they're telling us what it's doing to, to us. Something that we probably never should have had our hands on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we come with the, the good, long, pretty hair and they want to give it something. Like even now, like I don't relax my hair or anything um, like I used to. But it's like when your hair, like my, my natural hair is like a curly texture. And there's times where you got products that hold and don't hold. And then sometimes I'm like, if I relax it, it I can get a really fine, straight like look. But then when like a new girl start coming in, all that, then you trying to comb it, keep it straight, curl right back up. It's frustrating sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, um, the black girl struggle. So how did you cope going through all that? being made fun of and. How did you stay strong um, and not give in or feel hopeless or get depressed? Like, how how did you cope through that? Um, 
I coped with that in many ways. Like I did talk about it, you know, the people that cared, the friends I did have, I got positive feedback on it, but I was also a loner too. So sometimes I'll be in my room thinking about it, writing about it. Um, like I say, I vent, um, trying to do things different with my hair. Um, the, like in the coping now, like the best thing about it, it only take me like five to eight minutes to comb it, which is a good thing. I don't have to worry about certain certain stuff or trying to have a particular hairstyle. Like literally with it being so short in this style, every day, I comb it every day. So it's like, it's the same, like they look that I want, but it's in a different, a different way every day. Mm -hmm. So I done made it like, a point to like where like when they say don't let the hair rear you or um what is it <laughs> that little saying yeah, but you um, you're right it sounds like that to me mm -hmm. yeah so I don't let it wear me I wear it that's right okay sis thank you so much for sharing that thank you for listening that was empowering um yeah because I it just made me think about all my hair moments I think that what I love about this um show is that every story like we're all interconnected in some way mm -hmm. sometimes we don't process all the things that happen to us most of the time we don't process all the things that happen to us right and then it's like you hear someone else's story and then it's like now every uncomfortable moment I've had when it came to my hair just like like all those memories came flooding back and I'm like oh my gosh am I getting emotional right now like because like we went through it and like now no we know now it's like at the end of the day really it's hair yeah you know, it come back it you know you can you, you can do whatever you want with it color it cut it go all the way I don't I had a moment where I went all the way like ball I didn't go outside for like a year though it that was something that I was forced to do mm -hmm. but I probably would do it now because you know it's everything's so different now and yeah. then you really like in your mode in your zone and this is something that's like something you really embrace and you worry well it's like nothing can't touch you right it's, it's part of me Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That was a beautiful story. So now I'm going to switch up lens gears a little bit and we're going to play a little game. So I ask a question and you answer it. Um, the question is about relationships or dating. Being that you are a married woman, you I will consider you to be an expert. I am not, so I'm not an expert. So I'm, I'm learning every day still. <laughs> but you, you, you ahead of me. So, um, and then we'll discuss your answer, and then we'll see where we land. Okay. okay. So your question today is: Your partner's best friend just came on to you. 
What do you do next? Well, me being the person that I am, I'd probably be like, babe, look at this. <laughs> We're finna talk about this. <laughs> so that's that's how we are with each other. In that situation for me, mm-hmm. yeah, we finna talk about it. I feel I feel you on that one because <laughs> that's definitely, first of all, that's happened to me. And I feel like I definitely am very like, vocal when it comes to like my relationship mm-hmm. like i would go up to you and be like yo what's wrong with your friend you know right it's <laughs> with that you better <laughs> see about that right now <laughs> that's true that's true you answered that pretty easily like yeah that was a pretty straight shooting answer i wonder like most people kind of overthink these questions mm-hmm. and they try to think about what society would do or what they've seen other people do like they try to like avoid talking about themselves so for someone i'm gonna put you on blast right now okay so for someone that was like i'm nervous i'm you know i'm getting out of my comfort zone you are naturally just being you and not afraid to talk about you like that's something you allow me you allow me to do that but and you also allow me to get out of my comfort zone but like I said even when I first met you like your vibe is easy to talk to so yeah oh thank you (laughs) I'm comfortable (laughs) that's important when you're a therapist (laughs) (laughs) all right you're doing something that I want I want a lot of us to be doing because you'd be surprised. We even us who don't even know each other, we all got some type of flaw. We all going through something that we all can relate to. And just being able to share that and have those same moments, been there, done that as well. It's like a community and then you end up being a family. Yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly um that reminds me it's been on my heart i'm gonna figure it out but i want to do a art stories like reunion party and just have all the guests come into a space to just network yeah. each other and yeah you should do that um, yeah you should do that it's okay. like even though everybody the way everybody try to um meeting with each other social networking like yeah like like i'm looking at the background a safe space like you know yeah. how many people would love that? <laughs> that's that's you know that's what we do at Rhyme. That's what I try to do. Well, I don't try. They say yeah, I stop saying that. I'm doing it. Yeah, you're already <laughs> doing it in the mix. Right. All right, sis. Let's start to wind down. Your wind down question is: If you could talk to the 15 year old you, I ask that because I do have a lot of young people that follow and they do listen in and so if you could talk to the 15 year old you and tell her something that you learned the hard way that you wish somebody would have told you what would that gem be um the 15 year old me what i know now i would say literally like you know who you are. Not sure if you know what you want to be, how you're looking into the future, but 
just continue being you like be yourself don't hate nothing about yourself love yourself care for yourself you know at 15 you got so much ahead of you there's nothing to rush just be you and um for me it's I went through a lot at 15 so like I'm I'm very proud of the person that I turned into mm. and I would just like I'm trying to like vision me at 15 because mm-hmm. I'm the, the way I am now like I'm still that same person like I have friends that I grew up with at that age still and it's like I'm still that like me right now <laughs> so like I say just be yourself and love yourself mm-hmm. and take those challenges because half those challenges and the risks you take you'd be surprised how far you can go mm-hmm. places you never even imagined but just take those chances take those challenges and believe believe in yourself always believe in yourself we all got this one unique thing like um for me um I call it an ugly thing. Like I told you when I first met you, um, my book that I wrote was a poetry book called Ugly. Mm. And it was, it's the meaning of it is understanding girls like you. And with that title, it's like, it's like us looking at our flaw. But for me to choose that is because there was once upon a time where I would call myself ugly, but it was ugly, like, in a way that I liked. Mm. And for, to hear everybody's stories, having your own story, it's like, it's an ugly story, and we, we understand that. And we are our own, like, it's it's unique. Everyone has their own unique thing about themselves that nobody else can take. It's you. Thank you. Welcome, love. Thank you. All right. So this is your time for you to big up yourself. We want to know what you're doing, what you're up to. How can we follow you? How can we support you? I hear you said you have some books. Where can we find them? Go ahead, girl. Take it. So I am supposed to be working on another book. I've been procrastinating, but busy. But um, my book that I do have it's a poetry book called ugly you can find it on amazon.com um my instagram one of a diamond o-n-e-o-f-d-i-a-m-o-n-d those are the only two things that I have that I where I can be fine All right. Nothing you working on? Nothing coming up soon? Did you get any Um, callbacks? You don't got to say. I'm just... Look, (laughs) I know I'm working on getting my passport. (laughs) Hey! I'm doing that. Okay. Good news. But today I had a little issue trying to find my birth certificate. So I have such time in to get all that together. But that's something um, that I'm working on. And 
every day I journal. So I have my little short-term moment goals and my long-term goals. So I work, come home and try to think of some things, get some things going. I like to stay busy. Yeah. And it's so much to life. So it's like, even if I just want to take a moment and just chill, I can do that. But then my mind always going. Cause like, even like this, like what you're doing now, um, I'm glad you're doing this. And the young girls are watching, you know, I hope they take something from this as well. Cause a lot of us who are silent, you know, we journal, we write and everything. But when you can do this, you know, speak out loud, share, be open, you know, that's a, that's a good comfortable space too. Yeah. So I hope to see more of this. Um, other than that, I will be cooking in another hour. <laughs> <laughs> what you making for dinner? Um, I don't like chicken. The boy is having chicken. I'm gonna make me some pork chops and some green beans and mac and cheese. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yes, All right. All right, sis. Thank you so much for dropping by and sharing your story. It was beautiful. Um, you are a beautiful soul. I Thank you. Thank you for having me. So are you. Very, very beautiful. Thank you. So before you go, I would love to pray for you. Um, I like to let everyone know that um, my faith and prayer is one of the coping skills that I use to overcome a lot of my trauma and how I stay resilient. And I always like to share that with my guests before they leave. And is it okay if I pray for you? Yes, ma'am. He probably gonna be like, why you didn't bring me up? Because <laughs> I don't I don't think about that. Most of my journaling be to him. <laughs> mm. Okay, okay. Well, we got him right now. You, mm. you remembered. <laughs> All right. Oh man, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Father God. Thank you for being a God who is a God who keeps us, who never leaves us nor forsakes us, Father God. Father God, I just want to praise you and lift you up right now just for being who you are, just for being good, just for being a God of peace, Father God, a God of strength when I was weak, Father God. I just worship you and, and I give you glory and honor and praise, Father God. Father God, I just thank you for your intentionality, Father God, that um, you are a God who puts people together and you pull people apart, Father God. And I just thank you for the season that you have pulled me through in my life of shedding of the old and bringing in of the new, Father God. And I just thank you. Um, for introducing me and putting Diamond and I together in the same space at the same time, Father God. Only you can take two people that live in two different time zones, Father God, and have them meet at the right place at the right time, Father God, for a connection to be had. You know Diamond's heart, Father God, and I just pray right now that you touch her, Father God, that something out of this session, something in this prayer, Father God, would be a confirmation, Father God, for the next step that you have for her, Father God, that the elevation that you're trying to bring her to, that the desires that she is most wanting father god that 
doubt that she may be having, Father God, of whatever it is that you're calling her to do, Father God, I just pray that you remove it right now and, and just speak to her in that area, Father God. Give her a sign, have, give her an encounter, Father God, that she knows that it can only be you, Father God, that it is okay for her to take that next step, Father God. I just pray that, um, I pray over her book, Father God. I pray that um, as she continues to build her courage to speak on more and more platforms, that her book be touched, touches other people, Father God. I hear her heart screaming to girls and, 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 and young people that are struggling with this same condition, Father God. I pray that this message reaches them as well and touches them, Father God, that they will be able to follow and connect with Diamond and, and share with her um, how her story has inspired them, Father God. I pray for that encouragement, Father God, on Diamond over, Father God, that she would feel empowered to continue to use her voice, Father God, and to know that um, she's anointed, Father God. She's anointed, Father God, with the gift that you have given her, Father God, and I just pray that you show it and reveal it, Father God. I pray over her family, her husband, and her child, Father God. I pray that you cover them from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, Father God. I speak life more abundantly into their life, Father God. In Jesus' holy and mighty name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time out to pray. You love it. I love it. Yes, you are so, so welcome. Thank you. 